Welcome to Courage in Action. We are a sisterhood of women empowering women to be everything we are meant to be. I'm your host, Naluka Kotagata, and it is my privilege to join your life journey as we connect with some extraordinary, triumphant, and beautifully imperfect women through this podcast. Together, we hope to inspire you to take action towards your life goals, one courageous step at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Courage in Action. Today, we are joined by Patrika Roach, an experienced career coach for ambitious women who want to advance their careers, gain confidence and clarity, make more money, and develop into impactful leaders. Patrika knows what it feels like to feel stuck in your career, and with the philosophy of shifting your mindset, visualizing your future self, and executing that vision. She is here today to help us become better versions of ourselves. Welcome, Patrika. Hi, Naluka. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited to talk to you. Maybe we can start by really what your foundation is, how you stay grounded, and sort of how you start your day and your daily routine. Okay, good question. So in terms of how my foundation, I think I lead from a lens of just being grateful. So just always having something to look forward to. So most um, mornings I start my day, you know, taking my dogs out for a walk, taking in some fresh air, and just kind of thinking about what kind of day it is that I want to have. So um, do I want to have a really good impactful day? So just thinking about what things do I need to do to ensure that I have a positive um, day, but also bearing in mind that sometimes your days don't always go as planned, right? So just being a bit more flexible, right? So you can plan for a very productive day and then two or three different things come up and you have to quickly pivot and kind of decide what is it that you can accomplish today versus what it is that you can you might need to put off for a day or two Mm -hmm. um so that's really like my foundation and just also being very grounded in my faith as well um and just using those you know positive teachings to keep me going forward and also trying to also be impactful to people that I come across as well in my day-to-day I love that. So would you say you set an intention every day it starts anew or do you have a sort of intention for this part of your life journey? I think every day I start with an intention. Um, Years ago, I was one of those folks that, you know, had my five-year vision board plan and I also (laughs) like so, you know, upset with myself if things didn't go as planned. So I kind of took a step back from, you know, having a yearly vision board, but just kind of going leading day by day, also setting, obviously setting some timelines for myself for certain aspects of my life. But just knowing that, you know, sometimes you just need to take it one day at a time, as opposed to having all of these uh, extreme things that you want to accomplish, but just breaking those down into smaller chunks and just kind of leading it day by day. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really important lesson that we learn throughout life is that, you know, you have these big overwhelming goals and how to break those down and actually stay present. How have you done that in your life? Maybe starting from the beginning, sort of through university or a newcomer to Canada and progressing in your, in your professional career. How did that unfold? Sure. I think for me, in terms of my upbringing, so I was originally born and raised in the Bahamas. I moved to Canada when I was 17, did not have any family members here. When I think about it, I'm like, my parents are actually really brave to let their... You moved on your own when you were 17? Wow. Amazing. I did. Um, So I'm like thinking back, I'm like, my parents are pretty brave to let their only daughter move (laughs) to 
entire foreign country, but I think they had a lot of faith in me and yeah. we were very well traveled. So it wasn't my first time coming to Canada. It would have been my first time living away from my family for such a long period of time. Sure. And I think a bit of it was a bit of excitement um, as well as just adventure where I didn't have time to second guess. to be like, oh, what if I don't like this experience or anything? And my parents were very supportive and always said, like, if you don't like it, you can always come home. So Wow, that's always, amazing. Yeah, that was always their message. Like, if it doesn't work out, you can always return home. So I always kept that in the back of my mind. Like, if it doesn't work out, at least you tried it. Their doors yeah. are always open. They're not kicking you out. They're just saying, go and do it as what you want to do. Um, so I originally um, came to do my undergrad in forensic science and information systems. That was so back cool. in the days when, you know, CSI was the big thing on cable yes. television. Um, so... <laughs> I thought I wanted to be either like a forensic scientist or like a crime scene investigator. Um, mm. And that was like the start of my journey in Canada, like getting gaining all of that information. I always had a very scientific mindset, very analytical. Um, so I did that. And also too, I also liked a bit of the cybercrime fighting as well. So <laughs> I decided- You were like to be, ahead of your time with all of I this, know, right? Yeah. Really, not a thing I'm like, <laughs> ahead of my time so you I, are, kind of yeah. dabbled in, I dabbled in both um so I did a bit of like the forensic science piece as well as like the coding and information systems I figured always good to have a backup plan in case you know things will always work out um after my undergrad I worked for a bit in laboratory so doing a bit of like laboratory DNA forensics paternity testing and really good experience but I realized for me I am more of a people's person I like to have that frontward facing thing um Laboratory work became a bit repetitive for me. So, I mean, okay. once you've done one paternity test, you've done all of them, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> either you are the father, you're not the father. You're not. You know, so right. Really interesting results happening. <laughs> yes right. or no? So it's, yeah, so either yes or no. Um, so I started to think about, okay, what else could I do with like my skills and experience? Um, and at the time I was working, like my first, I guess, official job outside of um, university, I worked at a laboratory in the Bahamas that did both healthcare testing, paternity testing, all of those things. So I started to get an insight in more of like that public health um, background. So noticing folks coming in to either get like their diabetes checked or persons who were in cancer treatment. And it just sparked an interest in like there was a lot of um, public miseducation about certain um, areas of health. And I started to think of, okay, what can I do to, you know, do my part? Because I felt like even though I was just a lab assistant, a lab technician, oftentimes I would have patients coming and ask me, oh, what is this test for? And like, what does this mean? And, you know, my scope of being able to share certain things was limited based on, you know, like regulations and stuff. And I'm like, what if I could transition into a place where I could actually uh, support people with their healthcare journey or to inform different policies, procedures, processes, oh, cool. um, public health perspective. Um, so I spoke to one of my mentors at the time who was actually the uh, manager for the lab and they actually encouraged me like, what what, if, what do you think about public health? Like you should look into it. Um, so I did, uh, decided to pursue a master's in public health. Um, and during this time I had moved back to Canada. So I was like, reintegrating into Canadian society and that was also what they call like a culture shock or reverse culture shock as well for me so sure. I think that was one of another pivotal point in my life having lived in Canada for four years doing things I guess the Canadian way 
then going back to like Bahamian society and there's their own ways of doing things. Um, so it's interesting to even have that where I felt like I was a part of Canadian society, but then going back home, I knew that I was right. So it was like almost like having a bit of like an identity, like who do I identify as, right? So that was also something that I um, kind of grappled with a bit, like where do I truly fit in? Um, But then having those um, just chats with myself and other uh, friends who shared similar experiences saying like, you know, this is always your roots, always your culture. And you also have, I also have so much to bring into different um, countries and societies. So taking on that lens, um, I uh, worked at a community health center um, while pursuing my uh, master's of public health. And I think that was a really good eye opener for me as well. So I actually got to, you know, real time, take the theory that I was using and apply it practically and actually be able to, you know, engage with community members that were maybe having different healthcare struggles or even newcomers like myself, um, working with a lot of youth that were new and also kind of grappling that societal thing like, oh, in my country we do this, but in Canada it's so different. So being able to relate to them on that level too, I think offered a different perspective and even kind of helped me to in my own, like, figuring out where it is that I want to do, what value can I bring into different like organizations, into like communities. Um, so that was, um, I guess, one of those aha moments for me. Yeah. Um, and like, okay, you actually, you are relatable. Like there are certain things that you can speak to from like a lens of expertise without having actually to be like any formal training is just I was just using my life experience to support other people in their journey. Um, so that was a pretty pivotal aha moment for me. Great. That's amazing. So it sounds like a lot of things sort of flowed. It sounds like the way you articulate it now, it flowed very naturally and sounded like everything sort of fell into place. I'm sure that wasn't the case and that you had your challenges during that time. How do you how do you navigate when you hit sort of a barrier and is there an example of one that you've sort of overcome? Good question. So yeah, it sounds like everything naturally flowed, but you know, nothing is without its challenges or bumps. Um, and I think it all boils down to how I frame things. So if I do come up to a roadblock, of course there's, a, there's that moment of panic or what do I do? Or mm. this particular part of my life is not going as planned. Um, and I just figure out the worst thing that could happen is someone is going to tell you no or not yet. And mm. I always went back to my parents, like, if it doesn't work out, you could always come back home. So I always <laughs> you can go <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if my life is going to fall apart, I will just go home for a go week. Home. Reset myself and figure out. So I think that, that was always at the back of my mind. It's good when you have family that's supportive, because I realize not everyone has that option to say like, this is like my safe space. Like if I need a breather or like a break from reality, not everyone has that like family connectedness where you can just go home. My dad is going to make me breakfast for a few days and I can just <laughs> figure, figure out my life. Um, so I think I always kind of kept in the back of my mind, Patrika, if it doesn't work out, just, just go home for a bit, reset um, and figure out what your next step is. Um, and I think too, just having really good folks in your corner to just like vent to or kind of help to reframe your mindset sometimes is also really helpful too, because Sometimes you think you're the only person going through something and then mm. when you talk to someone else, they may have had a similar experience and you can kind of adapt how they handle that to your own situation. Yeah. Um, 
So that's also a work for me as well. Just sometimes being like, hey, this is what's going on in my life. Like, I don't need you to solve my problem, but just kind of talking it through sometimes helps you to kind of reframe and reset. So yeah. um, I've done that too whenever I come up to a roadblock, like, okay, this is a really challenging thing. Like, how, how, do, how did you navigate this if you went through something similar? So shifting your mindset and what you're talking about here is sort of the first step in your philosophy and coaching and how we should um, approach our career journeys. What's the most important thing that you need to do in order to get to a place where you can shift your mindset? How do you know where to shift it to? <laughs> That's a really good question. Yeah. So the thing is with shifting your mindset, oftentimes, um, and just by no fault of our own, we can we tend to flood ourselves with all the worst case scenarios of things. Yes. Yes. Um, I do that for sure. <laughs> right. Like, what if this doesn't work out? What if I get yeah. rejected? What if they say no? Um so really, I guess for me, I'm a person I like to write things down. So I kind of need to write down like my future. What is the proposed, like what if everything goes right? Like writing those things down or what is the ideal state and recognizing that even if the ideal state does not happen, there's still always a something else to look forward to. And there's always a pivot. So shifting your mindset comes with just believing that good things are coming to you. Like they might not happen in your timeline. Um yeah. But if you're be, being very intentional about writing out what it is, what are your non-negotiables? Like, what do you want your life to look like? And then kind of setting up little small minor things that you can do to to reframe. I think that's the key in terms of like just having more positive energy around yourself and not always thinking the worst that could happen, right? But, but also yeah. being prepared for the worst as well. But I love writing that you know, the best case scenario, because your brain, mine anyway, will very easily go to the worst. And I almost have to force myself to think about what that best scenario is. And then um, I also try to think about, okay, what's the middle ground also? <laughs> like, this is the dream. Right. Here's the middle. Something like that will actually happen. And then the worst case scenario, normally, knock on wood, doesn't uh, doesn't happen. But you mentioned that, you know, things may not happen on your timeline. I'd love to hear more about that and your thoughts on sort of women in particular are expected to do certain things by certain ages. And that is not the reality of everyone's life. What has that been like for you? And what have you come across maybe with your clients um, that you can advise women about addressing this sort of timeline that is put against us? Yeah, so I think to an we live in a society where we think it's like a one size fits all approach, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, where it's like, oh, you need to be married by a certain time. You need to have kids by a certain time. You need to reach this point in the career ladder by a certain age. And then when it doesn't happen the way that it happened for someone else, you feel as if you're doing something wrong, you're a failure, or it's just not meant for you, right? Right. Um, yeah. But you have to realize that we're own unique. Our situations are unique. The knowledge, the level of skills and knowledge that we have is different, right? So what works for me might not work for you, Naluka. So when mm -hmm. I'm working with my clients, I the first conversation I like to have is everything is connected. So whether we try to separate our work from our family, from our childhood upbringing, it's all connected because all of those things influence how you view the world, how you see the world. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes I like to do a, a starting exercise um, with new clients that I'm onboarding. Um, it's called like the life wheel or a pinwheel. So showing how all the all of these different factors impact how you experience the world and how you kind of go about setting up 
ideals and goals for yourself. Um, so once I do that and kind of level set, um, I also like to do um, like a limiting beliefs exercise as well with clients. So for example, like I'll give you an example, like growing up as a child, depending on your like your family situation, what were your thoughts about money? So for my clients who are looking to um, earn more money in their career, they may have grown up thinking like, oh, you need to hoard money. Um, I know my mom would always say money doesn't grow on trees. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> So in, in so by if you, growing up hearing that like money doesn't grow on trees, meaning like it's not easily accessible. So for some women coming into like my one-on-one coaching, they're thinking, well, like, um, well, I don't have access or I'm not worthy or I can't ask for this increase. Um, so just going back to that shifting your mindset again, like why do you why do you have this belief? So sometimes it's based on your childhood belief or based on like yeah. we never had enough. So mm-hmm. I'm always afraid to ask for too much or I feel like I should be like seen and not heard I shouldn't be asking for more than I think so just having casual kind of conversations about like where did where did this belief come from or where did you who did you hear this from and then working to reframe that and aligning it to like oh this is your goal your goal is you want to for your next role you want to earn a minimum 10k increase in salary what does that look like what does that afford you what are your career non-negotiables so I'm walking through those different pieces before we even get into like actual, like what is your career plan? So having these initial conversations and then you can get into like, okay, now let's set up a plan. So you're, you're talking about trying to get some clarity, right? Because I think that's can be very overwhelming for people. You know, you hear a lot of messages out there, find your passion and everything will be fine. And some people, a lot of people are like, I don't have a clue what my passion, what passion, what are you talking about? So how do you help people? You know, I love the exercises that you talked about, but how do you help people navigate that? And, and the notion that career should equal your passion and everything should sort of fit together in a lovely ball and, you know, just roll on forward if you believe everything that we hear out there. Right. I know too, like for a long time, I had this belief where I, my passion had to be like the career that I was in. And I struggled with that for so long because I'm like, if you ask me, I'm passionate about a lot of things. Yes. We're multi-dimensional beings. Exactly. So to tell me to only be passionate about one thing and then to kind of put all these other things on the back burner, it was almost like I was doing myself an injustice. I was fighting within my innermost yeah. core of who, who I am. Um, fighting your so, inner FOMO. <laughs> right, exactly. So for me, and even to like, even to like, I'm like, oh, Patricia, you were doing this and now you're doing the next thing. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, because I'm interested in all the things. Um, so that's your thing with clients who like, I don't know what my passion is. I actually tell them, go back to your childhood. What were the things that you mm-hmm. enjoyed doing? Yeah. We're not going to talk about what you're doing now, but like, what are the things that you enjoy doing? You enjoy your artsy person. Do you enjoy doing arts and crafts? How can that potentially translate into something that, you know, you would enjoy doing from day to day, for example? Yes. Or, for example, you love to read books. Does that, could that potentially translate into you taking a career and doing more like privacy and policies? We don't know, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. worth exploring, right? Um, So really kind of breaking away this notion that you can only have one passion mm-hmm. and guiding people more towards what is purpose. So ah. your purpose. So moving away, like for me, like I said, people can have multiple passions and you can be passionate yes. about something, but doesn't necessarily mean that that's something that's going to make you money. Like I have a lot of passion <laughs> projects. 
they're not they're not bringing they're not paying the bills right that's so right yeah kind of having that clear distinction what is your typical the thing that's gonna make you uh afford you to live the life that you want and what mm -hmm. does that look like and yeah. then what are some other things you can piggyback on um is it a passion project is it something for re generating revenue is it something just for networking and then I think all of those small buckets of things lead you to your greater purpose. Like, what are you here on this earth to do? Like, how are you leaving an impact? What feels fulfilling to you? And that might not come from your nine to five. That might come yeah. from you hosting a book club with your favorite gal pals every yeah. month. That might be possible. Or it might be you hosting a podcast. Like, yeah. So I'm encouraging folks to just not think about linear things or just one box thing, but like, looking at all the things and deciding what's what's like the thing that I want to do from nine to five or whatever. And what are the other things that I want to do outside of work that provide me with some enjoyment? Um, because if we're being really honest with ourselves, you can enjoy the work that you're doing, but sometimes that leaves you draining. So what is the thing that after you're done with your work, what is the thing that gives you a bit more energy? What are the things that you look forward to? Um, and for me, one of those things was, um, when I worked at the health center, like I was the health services lead, so I would oversee all the operations. But the thing that brought me joy after that was actually running a youth kitchen, like working with youth and hanging mm. out with youth, just having casual conversations. And that actually brought me more joy than my nine to five. Sure. Yeah. Right. So I was like, so I was like, I love actually being able to relate to youth or just having a safe space where they can hang out um, and talk about challenges because there are some things, I mean, I feel like I'm young at heart. Um, so very young in general you have very young energy don't worry <laughs> right so sometimes I would be very like surprised and like wow this youth opened up to something that they weren't even comfortable telling their parents and then like how do I handle that as a walking the borderline of oh I'm the adult here so you shouldn't be doing that over like yeah. you know what thank you for being really comfortable to tell me about this now let's let's talk about this a bit more yeah. um so all of that to say is like you you can have multiple passions and just you just have to kind of categorize things. What's for joy fulfilling? What's for revenue generating? And what's just for simple? How do you unwind and decompress? I love it. I'm going to um, course correct myself because I just said you have young energy and women are always judged to be younger. So I'm going to say you have great energy. And I caught myself in my own women ageism thing. <laughs> So it doesn't matter how young you are or whatever the case, you have great energy. I'll correct myself there. But what I Thank love you. about what you were talking about is a lot of times we're told um, we need to figure out our purpose and then all the other pieces will fit. But what you're saying is take a look at all the pieces and what you're doing that make up your life, your day, who you are, and your purpose will sort of emerge from that. That I think is a pretty profound shift in how we think about things. It is. So that's one of the kind of aha moments I help my clients and naturally get to. I never tell them like, oh, you're going to figure <laughs> out your purpose by the time as you're done working with me. But yeah. I kind of take them, I guide them through that journey. And so it's actually a really kind of tingly feeling you get I'm like, oh, so all of my life experiences led me to this. Oh, um, that's great. Yeah, so that's, and because I kind of, I guess, stumbled upon this for my own self, like seeing, watching others come to that, like, oh, okay, this is what this is. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, even whether it's the good or the bad, all of those life experiences, all of those past jobs that you thought were like pointless, useless, 
there comes a one day where you get this like, oh, so this helped me to get all the way here. Mm. And you don't realize it because you're going through it and you don't really have time to reflect or pause and figure out like, why is this happening? Or this thing that happened, you know, five years ago led me to this moment. Yes. So when when you come to that realization, it's like, it's so fulfilling. It's like, you just have to pause and be like, oh, okay. And just take it in, right? So being able to have support other women with kind of reaching that on their own terms, mm -hmm. um, I think brings me, it feels like I'm in somehow giving back. Like that's my, that's the Oh, you absolutely are. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's just so, such a fulfilling and feeling and just to have people like do things on their own terms and recognize, like I said, everyone's experience leads them eventually to your purpose, even if you can't name it in that moment. I love that. I love that. And so that's the part I think where, you know, everybody's visualizing, we're creating, we're generating the right mindset and thought path and all of these things. I love that the third part of your philosophy is that you actually have to execute that <laughs> because a lot of people will get stuck in the sort of the thinking and the theorizing and, you know, in business, they say, you know, you can have the best strategy in the world, but with, without execution, it's nothing. So how do you get your clients and how do would you advise our listeners to get to that doing piece and understanding the balance between that thinking and theorizing and, and actually doing? And, you know, oftentimes we can get so caught up within the thinking piece, thinking that we need to have like the perfect plan. Like we need to have all of these things figured out before we actually get to execution. But then you end up in that, what I call the failure to launch stage, where mm -hmm. you're always in the planning stage and never actually, you don't have anything to show for it. So yep. I just find like breaking things down into easy to manage chunks and also putting the onus back on the client. Like, does this feel reasonable to you? So I'm not going to force you to do anything that's not reasonable to you. And also being realistic with yourself. Like, do you think you can accomplish this within the time frame that you set for yourself? Mm -hmm. um, so for example, let's say it's for a job search, like first 30 days. What does that look like? Yeah. Are you going to, are we going to be reviewing your resume together? Are you going to be pulling some, you know, dream job descriptions of what it is that you want to look like? Like, what does that look like? And is that achievable in your first 30 days? Right. So setting timelines, but also being flexible. Like if you don't meet this timeline, that is okay. At least know what you're working towards. So, and my job as a career coach is to hold you accountable. So doing those regular check-ins, how's it going? What are the barriers? What are the challenges? What additional mm -hmm. support do you need? Um, so having an accountability partner is key. Um, and also sharing those goals and visions with someone else. So, uh, so sometimes if you don't talk about certain things, you never know who might be in your corner and your network that can help you reach to that next level in, in, in pursuing your goal. Right. So that was another thing too. And this is for all of my introverts out there that are afraid to put themselves out there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the very person that you're afraid to talk to is going to take you to your next level. Mm, I love that. About for you. Yeah. And I've experienced that in some very like tingly ways where I'm like, Oh, this person noticed I was doing this and they reached out to me and I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, Oh shit, this was the person that needed to take me to the next level. So yeah. sometimes not being too afraid to just openly be like, Hey, I was thinking about this. And I noticed sometimes I do like the shameless LinkedIn. Hey, I noticed that you're in this particular. Field I love and I that. A bit more. So sometimes for me, I consider myself, I don't know, like a 
temporary extrovert sometimes. Like I love networking with people. Temporary extrovert, I love yeah. it. Yeah. But sometimes my energy just runs out. Like you can see, like sure. you know, when, the, when the battery just goes, I'm like, okay, I am done peopling for today. Yeah. Um. So, but sometimes you just have to make those bold moves. The worst thing someone can tell you is no or not right yeah. now. But yeah. not being afraid to kind of put yourself out there and see who might potentially be able to help you. It might not be a job offer. It might just be someone having a quick chat and reframing like, oh, actually, I didn't think about this. Thanks. Thanks for kind of mentioning that. Um, yeah. So remembering that not everyone is out there to get you. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Um, it's not everyone is is out there to get you and not everyone out there is gonna get you either right? right but you do it anyway and that's sort of the definition of courage is you may be fearful you may be nervous but you do it anyway and that's you know what we talk about all the time at courage in action is is exactly what you're saying is sometimes you have to put yourself out there be a temporary extrovert I love that and well, know when you're done people like for the day <laughs> I think that's brilliant yeah. <laughs> absolutely brilliant but so you mentioned that you're actually an entrepreneur as well so how did you apply this great philosophy that you have and execute against your own vision for and tell us a little bit about your your company sure so actually I consider myself but I consider myself a serial entrepreneur no but I just think I have a entrepreneurial spirit um sure. so the business you're referring to is Florinora coffee um mm-hmm. so it's my own coffee brand that I I want to say that I I came up with it overnight but the truth is I didn't um <laughs> so this is one of those failure to launch things um oh. that eventually kind of naturally executed so I how did this all come together so I travel I'm not, I travel a lot so I go to different countries um, love to have those cultural experiences. So you won't see me eating McDonald's on a trip anywhere. I want to yeah. eat the real food. food. Yes. Yeah, I want the real food. I want the street food. And mm-hmm. so the common theme within my uh, travel to a different parts of the world was coffee. Hmm. So Turkish coffee. Um, I went to Jordan one year, maybe back in 2016 or so. And it's like 100 degrees out there. And the first thing they're offering me is a black coffee. coffee. Yeah. I'm like, do they want me to pass out here or what? Have like, you lost what? your mind? <laughs> I'm literally sweating. And they're offering me a coffee, but it was the best coffee that I ever had. Mm-hmm. And this was before I was a coffee drinker. So typically, coffee would give me the jitters. Yeah. And so I was just counting down. If I'm like, okay, I'm going to have the jitters. My heart is going to stop. Like, I don't know, something. Just obviously thinking the worst. So this was like, you know, I'm dealing with jet lag. I'm going from straight from the airport straight to Toronto. I'm like, oh, I haven't had the jitters. I'm very alert. What is going on? Hmm. This is some magical coffee. This has never happened to me before. Um, So that was kind of like experience. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. And then I, you know, bought some coffee to take home and started like exploring all these different methods of preparing coffee um then I took another trip in 2017 to Bali where I got to visit a coffee plantation so I think it was where kind of I just started to brew like okay I'm learning about all these brewing methods and how the coffee is you know cultivated the beans all that stuff and I was like and I just kind of said to myself in that moment oh wouldn't it be great for me to dress up my own coffee brand I'm just like joking to myself just saying this just joking about it right (laughs) and then fast forward to 2020 I I think I was feeling a bit bored if I'm being honest I was being bored with my typical nine to five 
And sure. that's why I say it's okay. You need to always find fulfillment outside of work. If your work is not fulfilling you, find something outside of work. So I think I was at that point where I enjoyed my work, but I'm like, oh, I can do this with my eyes closed kind of thing. Like, oh, I need something that's going to, you know, challenge, you. challenge me a bit. Right. So I don't know where I'm like, oh, why don't you just start your own coffee? I don't know why I thought about that. Like, why don't you start your own coffee brand? Um, And then just went to town, started reaching out to my old connections, looking at the whole process and Florida where our coffee was born. So like I said, it wasn't an overnight thing. I think it was all these other experiences that led me back to this. Um, so very interesting how things unfold. When I look back, I'm like, had I not taken those trips, would I have ever thought about coffee? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Probably well, not. Right. I don't know. Maybe if you were meant to, then something would have led you there, right? Right. And so that's why I always say each experience in life, in the moment, it might not make sense. You might just brush it off as a, oh, what did this be? Or as a joke. But then yeah. you come to the aha and was like, oh, this was supposed to happen all the all along. Like, had oh, I not wow. had that experience all these years ago, it wouldn't have kind of sparked this thing. So sometimes I think subconsciously these things are already within us. Yeah. And it takes certain moments in life to kind of spark it again. Or sometimes you have like a deja vu where you recollect a memory from years ago and it kind of brings you back to this moment. So that's why I say it's all about purpose. I have Love. multiple passions, but once again, I'm like, oh, my purpose is just to share like coffee with everyone. Like maybe that's, <laughs> part of, that's a part of it, right? So yeah. um, I launched Polarian War. I want to say, was it in 2020? It might have been in 2020. Wow. Um, and I think there was, I, this is one of those, like I did it. So like I said, I was kind of turning my wheels. I was afraid to like put this out there into the world. I was like, what if nobody buys my coffee? Like, I knew the coffee was really good, but like, how, yeah. how would other people do it, right? So I was like, okay, the worst thing is you launch your online store for your coffee and you don't get a single sale. That's the worst thing. At least you did it. Sure. Because I spent so much time. I did all the the branding and the logos and the taste testing. I and love all these it. Things, which I enjoy. So I think for me too, while execution is key, I think I enjoy the planning of things. I am a planner mm. at heart. So those mm. things, like, like bringing out the website and the color schemes, those things bring me joy. And oftentimes I can spend so much time in that planning stage that I'm afraid to launch. Right. Um, and not many people know this. So I was, I kept kind of delaying the launch for the website. Um, and I had, at this time, I don't know if you're familiar with Black, Black Owned Toronto. At this time they were launching um, their pop-up store inside Toronto Eaton Center. Okay. So they had put out a, like a call for vendors, maybe let's say back in July. And I was still in my planning stage for this coffee. <laughs> afraid, to, afraid to launch that. Everything figured out, but I was just afraid to put this out into the world. So, you know, I just kind of, you know, filled out the application, didn't think any of it. I'm like, oh, if they call me, good. If Great. They call me, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So still kind of pausing this launch. And then maybe about two months later, I was like, oh, you've been selected as a vendor. And I'm like, oh, shit, that means I need to <laughs> You're like, oh, no, now what do I do? <laughs> exactly, right? I'm like, oh, I need to actually need to have like a product. Product ready, okay. <laughs> right. So with sufficient time, the launch would have, I think it would have been November 2020 or 2021. I was, can't mm -hmm. remember my dates. Um, so that actually put a, a fire in me like, okay, you need to have your co your coffee and your branding and kind of build up that hype before this actual launch. So like I said, everything was there. I legit only had to press the uh, make public 
until I launched my actual site. That was the only thing that was stopping me and why it was stopping wow. me was fear. It was literally fear of what if this doesn't work out? Yeah. Yeah. And that pushed you to press that button and launch it. It pushed me to press that button. And when I say I had everything planned already, I had like my promo videos, everything was there. Wow. It was just like, I just felt like I wasn't ready to release this over to the world. And I just did it. And I think that was a catalyst where the response was so supportive and so overwhelming. Like, wow, you delayed this for like three to six months. <laughs> Why didn't you press that button? Right. You know? just, right. Just press the button. It's not going to be perfect the first time. I've had to go yeah. back and pivot and change logos and do all those things. But that's okay. Like, that's all about being flexible, about learning from your mistakes, getting feedback and making things better. So yeah. that's kind of my thing. And anything in life, you're not going to get it right the first time. And then that's okay. Yeah. Because if you got everything right the first time, that there'd be no need for making improvements, right? So yeah. if there's something that's just sitting on, you just need to push that button. Just push the button. Oh, I love it. Just do it. Have the courage and just do it. Yeah. Just do it. And sometimes it leads to so many like, beautiful things like sometimes that's like the chain reaction to open up so many other doors right and then because you're afraid to just push that one button you you kind of stay in that stuck what if for yeah. an unknown period of time yeah how did you name the book the brand Pori Noir how how did that come about what does it mean Good question. So the Polori is a combination. So my first initial is Patrika. So P, I don't know why I love to name things after myself. Hey, why um, not? It's your creation. It's meaningful. <laughs> right. It's meaningful. And the Lori um is like a con like a play on my middle name, which is Lornell. So Polori. Cute. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and noir is like, black and yeah, and noir is black. Correct. Mm. And kind of love. paying homage to the origins of coffee. So yeah, so came up with that creative that's thing. beautiful that's beautiful I can't wait to check it out and I actually was super interested because I have the same reaction to caffeine like I don't drink coffee because it gets so jittery like and I I have never had coffee that has not done that to me yet so <laughs> definitely get calorie noir coffee, I try coffee the jitters our jumpano yeah. blend is a favorite and it's on the milder version so without the acidity it's, it's almost like I would describe it as like a less sweet hot chocolate oh wow yeah, so it's, okay it's, it's a more of a creamy smooth taste so you won't get the jitters and it won't actually it doesn't have a bitter coffee taste yeah I love it and it must have been so fun doing all that creative creative side of creating that product and it and would. and putting it out there as it's a piece of you and so it takes a lot of courage and I I admire you for doing that so congratulations thank you <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, so for everybody who's listening right now, they're probably excited hearing your story. I know I am. They'll be energized by it. What would you say um, to everyone is the most important thing for them to think about when they're thinking about fit for their careers? I think the most important thing is making sure that you're showing up as your authentic self. Mm. and not trying to fit into the mold and I think it's kind of hard to especially if you're in certain corporate environments where you have to talk the talk you have to, you have yeah. to right otherwise mm. you may see yourself being stuck or stagnant within your thing so that's right I think too it's a straddle of knowing who you are mm -hmm. what your values and non-negotiables are and aligning yourself to organizations that match that and not the other way around I love it. 
or starting your own, just like you. Or said. starting your own, <laughs> and making your own rules. Yes, yes, or a mix of all of the above. <laughs> right, like I said, sometimes your passion is not. Sometimes you're not a hundred percent fulfilled at work, and that's okay, as long as you have other go tos that provide you with that fulfillment and that joy that you need to to feel as if you're living a, a meaningful life. I love that. I love that. So I think we're at time now. So it's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you for sharing all your wisdom and your, your life story. We really appreciate that. Are there any closing words that you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap up for today? No, I just wanted to say thank you for this opportunity to share my story. Um, oftentimes I tend to hide this part of myself and not want to oh. share my story. Like, Oh, no one's going to be interested in this, but I think it actually does make a difference. Um, like I said, sometimes you can learn from others' experiences and it might just be that bit of pep talk that you need to take that next step in your your life and career journey. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing it because as you you talked about, you're never alone. I'm sure there are a lot of, of women out there listening who are afraid to press that start button and uh, will hear your story and be inspired by it. So thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for having me, Nalupa. <laughs> you are most welcome. Courage in Action is dedicated to helping women move forward from difficult circumstances and create their best lives. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to like, follow, and share it on Apple, Spotify, or Podbean. We appreciate your support and thank you for listening.